um, today Nicola Generation has a political activist and TV host from Myanmar with us, Tinza Shinlei. She is a winner of Women Out of Future Southeast Asia Award 2019. She hosts the Under 30 Dialogue, which is a TV show discussing um, various topics concerning politics, um, youth participation, and democratic in, um, development in Myanmar. So, hello. Hello. Um, yeah, hello. Um, you have done so many things to promote media and democratic development in Myanmar. So, can you share me one or two words that describe you the most? I think... Um Many people name me different names like youth, advocate, catalyst, so many things. But I describe myself some some someone like unstoppable because nothing can break me, nothing can stop me from what I believe in and what I'm doing. So I describe myself as unstoppable. Oh, that is wonderful. That is so powerful. So you are the winner of yeah. Women of the Future Southeast Asia Award um, in 2019. So what have brought you there? So this award uh, was awarded in 2019 in Singapore. The, um, actually, I was awarded under the uh, media and communication category. So this category basically is about um, the women in Southeast Asia doing the um, different stuff for the betterment of the society using media and communication. So, um, so I was awarded because I was um, hosting a TV show called Under 30 Dialogue. It's a, it's a TV show for the young people who are under 30 to talk about various stuff, especially unpopular ideas. And so channeling your voices through the mainstream media. So that's what I did and they, um, they feel grateful about it and they awarded me that, yeah. Okay, and you are a political activist um, and youth advocate in Myanmar. So how long have you been involved in this issue? Um, I think I become an activist before I know it, before somebody tell me you are an activist. You know, since I was very young, I am very passionate and I am always serious kid, always standing uh, side for the weaker people. For example, when somebody is bullied in the classroom, I will stand up for that person and I will say this is not right thing to bully that. So I become someone like um, uh, who are defending people and working for the betterment of I trying to teach people. I, I was a teacher, so I've been uh, working on this on this like serious issue. For example, human rights and democratic uh, development since seven seven or eight years ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You just mentioned earlier that you know one of the means that you used um, to reach out to um, to other people is your TV show. So how did you start the TV show, and what? specific issue that you seek to address through your TV um, program? So it wasn't uh, easy for the young people in Myanmar that even though we are the more than 60% of the populations, we were never given a chance to, you know, uh, to have a say, to express ourselves in the mainstream media. We're not even in the political, you know, uh, position as well. So I feel like I myself as a young person, I felt my voice is missing. I want to say something, but people wouldn't take it seriously because I'm youth, I'm young, and I'm woman so I feel like why don't we create our own like why do we have to wait for other people older people to come and seek us we have to find our own platform so I decided to build this platform ourselves and uh, we found our uh, senior people who wants to help us so um, so we built this in 2017 uh, especially uh, when the, we have the Rohingya crisis in September we organized the very first TV show to address 
this critical problem, why many people uh, avoid to say this issue, we young people struck out and address this as it is. So we show that we have a point over a very critical issue, over a controversial issue, but young people will not be silenced. We are we create our own platform. So um, so that's how I started the program in 2017. So through this program, especially we cover the political issues, um, you know, social issue like something like makeup, cosmetic, you know, young people education, um, uh, technology. Those things are already um, in different platforms. But for the political uh, agenda and issue, we don't see that coming because people take politics as something to be fearful of. So I try to break this, um, you know, this uh, kind of afraid people are frightened about it so I just talk uh, I just encourage young people to talk um, difficult uh, issue difficult topic and serious topic so that's the main agenda we just get various political issue yeah the, the real motivations I received uh, to carry on my work is looking at those problems and the, uh, the poverty the oppressions human rights violations happening across the whole country and people are not having a voice like even though they want to express their own violations they will be again punished for what they express so that's not true and we as the young people um, you know living in 21st century using the devices mobile phone and technology we see the other world like other different country and joining their freedom basis rights and why not us so that's kind of um, people in uh, ahead of us in the western world in the first country first nation even looking at our own region we can see people enjoying their basis rights um, by having um, different platform and you know so that's these are the very basic things that motivate me. It is possible to create another world, another free world, another world that has equality, justice. You know, many countries have their own struggle, but they are struggling, they are fighting for it. And why not us? We can stop it. We have to go and keep on fighting, not to be just, just separate and sit silent, but just to keep on fighting for again and again. That's, that's how I think is the basic motivation for me. Mm-hmm. So as a um, leader and a woman, um, do you have, you know, what have been the most significant challenge um, in your work? Um, the, the main challenge is being a young person, like people will take you like um, culturally and religiously and, you know, many different aspects in the society, uh, society structure. Young people are not taken serious. Young people were just name and tag as somebody who is lazy, who has no experience, who has no idea. They are just people who have to learn, who have to be taught. So I think young people also, you know, are the leaders right now because um, because the, the world is growing and it's, the only, it's only that young people can adapt to this change in the world because young people can always uh, adapt and learn uh, faster than the older generation. So now young people know better than the old people, uh, especially in the technology and use how to utilize the mobile devices, for example. But people don't really want to give them a recognition. I think that's something missing. It's a significant challenge in my work as a young person. When I want to say something, people would take me like, oh, this is young girl. So they will try to bash your idea. And 
So as a woman as well, it's even harder. A woman being a young is the most vulnerable, you know, in our society. So these are the challenges I face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how do you manage that? You know, how do you overcome that? Um, for those challenges, what I, I I don't have any options because that's what my senior people was uh, they faced it when they were younger, and now I'm feeling it, I'm facing it, and even for my younger generations, if I have a daughter, my daughter have to face this because this is the structure, this is the society structure, and now I know it. This is the system, this is the structure, this is the mindset. So what I have to do is. I have to embrace this. Okay, this is happening. Then I, I face it. I challenge it. I question it. Why you are bashing me? Because I'm a woman. Because I'm a youth. So that I question them. I challenge them. You know, I stand out uh, their sexism and their hegemonism. So I think then that's the only way that people are getting more awareness. So. Whenever I feel uneasy or uncomfortable, I don't just sit silent. I will confront it. So this is how I'm overcoming these challenges. Mm-hmm. So have you ever considered quitting what you are doing? Of course, um, sometimes it's really hard, really hard to go on, especially um, when being an activist in a country like in Myanmar, we are not taken as a profession. Uh, Um, activists, political activists, or um, you know, the the advocacy. These are not popular idea. So it's really hard to pave your own part. So I feel like I'm creating my own part, and many of us are also, you know, challenging the um, like like the conservative society. So we feel like sometimes we are alone. Um, so I, of course, I have considered quitting what I'm doing many times in my life. And what inspired you to keep moving forward then? But anyway, I felt I felt someone who had exposed to the world, someone who has knowledge and idea of what other people are doing in the other side of the well, side of the world. I felt like uh, I would be if I'm not an activist. So that's the main question. I don't find any suitable career for me rather than being an activist because. The country with a lot of violations, a lot of oppression, a lot of discrimination, and um, all the suffering happening in the country. I couldn't find myself being a part of the problem, but being a part of a solution. So I decided to become a part of the solutions, and I don't have any other option but just to be an activist. So I think people are suffering daily through the civil war that we have right now. The civil war is still there. People are fighting, killing each other in my own country. So till there, we have those problems. We will be an. I will be an activist. Many young people will change themselves to be an activist against the civil war, against the oppression. So I think these are the various things that I'm doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You mentioned earlier um, about some challenges that um, you faced as a, a woman, as a female um, activist and advocate in Myanmar. So, um, how do you see women participation in democratic development and leadership in in the country in Myanmar? We have only thirteen thirteen percent of women. Uh, parliamentarian in the parliament, so it's very low, but it is higher than the previous parliament. We only have two terms right now, two parliaments. 
so um, it is getting better. But still, women are not taken uh, in the higher positions. Women are mostly volunteer. Women are mostly teacher. Women are business worker. Women are the housewife, but not leader, but not decision maker, but not policy maker. This is something very, uh, you know, funny because we have more than 50% population uh, as a woman, but we're not taken seriously in the in the policy policy making level or decision making level. We have the state councillor as the woman, but she is the only woman that we have, and she is not assigning other women as her fellow colleagues. Um, she becomes the only one queen in the whole political cabinet. So, this is something we need to change. This kind of mindset. This kind of uh, situation. So we need more of women minister, women, you know, minor parliament, women decision, women politicians. We need more of it. So I think it stay very low. It's it's also very unsatisfying. Um, Do you think what roles um, women can play to uh, or can contribute to um, the development in Myanmar? I think if we are going for a democratic country. If we want to develop this democratic translations, we can't neglect women because women are the biggest uh, workforce in the country. Women become the uh, first um, fighter, especially in times of pandemic. In COVID-19, we see women as a doctor, nurse, fighting for all of us. But when in times of decision making, in times of policy making, for all of us, women will neglect. Women voices are not heard enough because they are not in the decision making level. Women issue will be addressed, but they are not made by women themselves. So this is ridiculous. If we are going for a democratic country, women should be there. Women should be in place. This is something we have to um, develop ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what would be your suggestions to make those women's voices heard at all level then? I think we are staying in the transition period toward the democratic country. It's really important that we empower women, but empowering women is not just um, you know training them, uh, getting them to know aware about those and that. We have to um, women should be given space to to. Ex- to um, to express their opinion, women should be given a, a safe space to practice their own leadership. So this is how we've been pushing for the quota system in the political party, quota system in any of the uh, political you know scenario, any layers, any uh, background, any field. We need quota. We need a uh, uh, intentional uh, uh, space for the women to come in and. You know, we need more more men, more aware and educated men, um, also understand that and become a feminist themselves and fight for other women, other fellow women. So, I think uh, my suggestion for, especially for the political scenario, we need a quarter system, quarter system in the political party, inside the political party, also for the um, parliament, also for the government cabinet. You know, there are many. Argument: All women are less empowered, so if they are in the higher positions, so they will make a mess. But what do we have as an option? Women are there already as our uh, constituents. Then why don't we give them the chance to be uh, the leader of their own constituents? So 
There is no other way but just to give the woman a right to rule the country. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you. I would like to ask you a few questions uh, about your childhood and your family. Um, you are a daughter of a military officer, and you have moved from one place to another place with your family and your father. So, do you think this experience plays some roles in shaping who you are today? Um, I think a part because I've been uh, moving different places with different culture, meeting different people, different color. I think um, that's gave me a sense of ownership towards not just to one identity or to one place, to one geographic area, but to all. I feel I belong in everywhere. I feel I am. Um, I can. Um, adapt to any situations, any place. So that's how I become I am. And now I've been traveling different places in other different parts of the world. So I think that's also gave me widen my knowledge and my eyes. Like so, I don't just stack in one identity or one place. I become more um, flexible and adapted, adaptable to many, you know, different culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, do your parents know what you are doing? So, when I ask my parents, "Do you know what my job is?" Can mm-hmm. you tell? Like, and then they are they lost their voice. Like, they don't know how to describe my work. They say NGO. No, not really an NGO. Uh, are you working as a politician? Not like a politician, like in a political party. So they really lost this. But um, I think. It does not matter. They know everything what I'm doing uh, because it's really hard for them to understand what I'm doing because we live in different generation, different century. I mean, that's how it's felt. So I can say they don't really know what I'm doing exactly. Yeah, but your work is very inspiring, um, and you know that uh, inspired me as as a woman. And it is also challenging as well in um, the the you know in um, the context of Myanmar uh, current politics. Um, so, does yeah. your work concern uh, cause any concern for for your parents? Exactly, I feel very much concerned for my current family. Um, that's also impact a lot on my decisions to be my own family as well because what I'm doing as an activist is also, um, as you said, challenging. It's also risking my security and anyhow I can be, you know, locked up in jail anytime they want. I'm already being uh, charged uh, for an organized protest against the civil war, so they can they can jail me anytime with any charges. So. It's really concerning, especially for a woman. I'm expected to pay my own family. I'm expected to be pregnant and have a baby. I think it will be even more challenging if I have my own family. So, and still, like my family, um, they are from the uh, government sector, and so it can even hurt them more. If I, if the current leadership, uh, they want to do, then they can do anything they want. So it's concerning that way. Um, how do your parents support you? They they supported me, um, especially in principle, because we are a religious family, and I always um, mention about the Buddhist Buddha teaching on the universal love and loving kindness toward everyone, right? And in the Buddhist teaching, we have to sympathize and empathize towards the weaker ones. Um, we have to help the needy people. So that's how it's related to my work with the religious principle. So I, um, so they supported me in principle, but 
they will argue with me for I protest, like for I'm when I'm so angry, uh, aggressively saying something, or when I'm passionately going against the current government, they will not like it because they are worried about me. So they support. I can say they support me in principle. Uh, we are already in the you know going for a democratic country. We have elections, so we have a, our own democratic principle. So we have. I'm strengthening these principles, so they can really argue with me for what I'm doing. I have my, many reasons and many um, many um, facts and figure why I'm doing what I'm doing. So so I can say in general they support me, uh, but not in details. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you are a young leader in a male-dominant society. So, have you experienced um, any resistance because you are a woman? Um, exactly, I'm not an exception in this society. Um, when somebody, as a woman, especially a young woman, have a, a bold voice, then um, then you will find yourself alone most of the time because it's really rare, and it's also. Um, it's really hard to find women with the bold and critical voices. Um, so you feel lonely sometimes because you are always with the male people, um, but not female doing the same like you are doing. And especially being an activist, you know, it's really hard to find a woman. And um, so I feel a lot of resistance from different men, especially from older men. So they can really accept the fact that the younger woman is uh, talking down, like in a way they have to do something. You know, I've been pointing out, I'm criticizing the member of parliament, a main member of parliament, and they will, they will not, they can't bear it, and they can't let you speak more, and they will shut you out, they will silence you. So I face a lot of struggle, a lot of resistance from different forms of discrimination. Sometimes I break out like, I feel really, um, uh, really bad. Like, oh my God, I'm not good enough. You know, sometimes they win, sometimes I win. So it's a, like daily battle. Um, now I feel I know how to deal with that. I know um, how to um, tackle this kind of problem now. Yeah. So um, the thing is, um, how do you deal with that? You know, when especially when you feel like you are not good enough you know you know and how how do you how how do you tell yourself that you are doing the right thing and then keep moving forward uh that's what we call the imposter syndrome right a uh, woman normally we don't we have that more often than men because of the society structure so we feel we're not good enough we feel we're not um we're not uh we feel insecure every time we want to speak something um, and there are many barriers ahead of you trying to stop you. So in that moment, I have to just, when I think like that, I have to remind myself, I'm thinking like that. You know, this, and I name it, it's imposter syndrome trying to stop me. So once I realize I am having that syndrome, then I realize it is not true. Because it's just a syndrome. So I know the symptoms. So once I spot the syndrome, symptom, I can stop it. So that's how I've been going forward. And at the same time, when I feel like I'm not good enough, and I think, what about other men out there? They're not good enough too, in my eyes. So what, what's the difference? You know, I'm, I, I'm not perfect, and they're not perfect. We are all humans. We have flaws. So we just have to accept 
um, not to be overconfident, but also not having low, low self-esteem. So, you know, it's like daily life, daily things. Men also face having this struggle. Um, women also having this struggle. So we just have to keep going on in the end. You just let yourself plan in some time, like crying. It's okay to cry. It's okay to mentally break down, but don't take it for long. In a few moments, in a few minutes or an hour, you will find yourself, um, you know, very boring, being crying alone, and just go out and walk something. Then, you know, you, you even let, look at look at the sand, look at the outside through your window, and you find something different again, and you know, you will find it motivating. Mm-hmm. So, what is your advice for other young women? Um, I think uh, what I would say, as I said, we have imposter syndrome. We have many men resisting you, whatever you you do in our way of life, in our you know life. You will find a lot of discrimination, oppression, just because you are a woman. But the most important thing we need to know is, you know, they are trying to exert their power on you. Those people, maybe not just men, but also women, they don't understand you. Women trying to push you down, you know. They, you may see a lot of struggle, but make sure that you know they are exerting that power over you. And if you don't take that power over you, then you are winners. You don't care. You just, you know, let them go because they are trying to put that power over you. And you know that power is there, then you don't accept that power and you are okay. You have your own power, you have power within. So with your own power within, you don't care. You don't care those power, you know, outside, trying to exert on you. So this is the very basic thing I've been reminding myself. Somebody's telling me, you're not good enough, you are bad. You know, they are, they are putting their power over me with their words and I don't accept it. No, I don't accept you, I'm good then their power cannot exact for me. So this is how I think we should be keeping, um, keep in mind and, you know, walk forward. Um, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I have only that. Um, do you have something, you know, that you think you keep it in your chest and you want to tell me? Uh, it's okay, nothing more. Oh, okay. It's pretty good questions, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, thank you so much and have a wonderful day. Yeah, you too. If you like this interview, please subscribe and leave us the reviews. Uh, let us know what you think about Neck Women Generation. And stay tuned to our next speaker.